on this episode of Machine Learning, um, I'm going to talk about some of the classifiers that I've been working with, and uh, the the two that uh, I want to talk about is a uh, linear regression and um, random forest classifier, and uh, how they work. Um, so basically, when you start off, you have to look at how information theory works. Um, there's two two pieces that are important to consider. One is information gain, and the other one is uh, enthropy. And information gain is uh, the based on the prevalence of a feature and um, less the enthropy. So there's a formula for it um, where you look at the prevalence of a feature uh, and then it's uh, log two of that uh, feature. And then you take the features, their weighted averages. So you take the weighted average times its prevalence, log two, and um, of the each one of the children children branches, um, and that gives you the information one minus that, and that gives you your information gain. So uh, once you have that, then um, you can tell which one of your trees are going to give you the most information gain, and that will be the one that you want to select. Um, so on your tree, you have depth, and uh, depth is the number of branches that occur, and uh, so it's at the bottom, you have your decisions. So your, your label, or is your target, um, and uh, so when you feed in your test information, you have the test labels that you're you're going to feed into the classifier, and then it's going to use um, it's going to use those test parameters, input parameters, and it will then give you a predicted uh, label or a predicted result. And so they're very good for uh, sorting data. So as those parameters come in, it's deciding which way on the branches it's going to go. So for example, let's say the classic example is if you have uh, a bowl of fruit. And uh, we, let's say you're looking at the fruit by one set of branches looking, or one tree is looking for uh, fruit that's based on dimension. So maybe it sorts cherries to the left and uh, based on its dimensional size or diameter size, excuse me, uh, it would sort to the left and then apples to the right. Maybe another tree would sort on the basis of color. So is it yellow, red? Um, and then the labels, the resulting labels, it could be apples, oranges, or cherries. And so as each one of the trees um, uh, discover their rules, based on information gained in enthropy, um, then the results of the tree are then voted for. So you, the way the random forest works is 
you ha- can have uh, multiple trees and they're voting as to a conclusion that's saying, well, one's saying it's an apple, one's saying that maybe it's a banana, maybe maybe a banana and a uh, small apple have a similar diameter uh, depending on how it's measured. And, and so it thinks maybe it's, a, uh, it's an apple. Uh, and so you can have some of these outlier cases where uh, you have like small small fruit or something that uh, can can uh, uh, break the diameter rules. Um, as but but overall, uh, let's say it doesn't doesn't even know about the color. So you have a color blind class uh, input, and uh, it just knows about diameter and it's trying to do the sort. Well, it would then take a vote and and based on the. Uh, the number of classifiers that said it was an apple, it would conclude that it's an apple. And perhaps it is. A, uh, maybe it's a, a, a special type of apple uh, and it just happens to be that it uh, uh, correctly classifies. So one of the nice things about the, uh, the machine learning is it doesn't need to have all the data and to make its prediction. Now that's also true with linear regression. The linear regression is a math equation where you take a, a scattered points and you put them together uh, in a along the x and y axis, and so the x and y axis could re- represent uh, two different uh, feature types, and uh, and then you plot uh, according to the interplay between those two two components and what it does is it forms uh, a line so the line is a a kind of a best fit algorithm between your data now you can also do best fit with curves and polynomials uh, but in this case uh, what we're going to do is just do a best fit across uh, some data points and so uh, the reason why that's important is it can make a prediction along that line so, for example, in the classic one that Microsoft puts out is the taxi rates. So you put out, uh, uh, you put in a couple of inputs uh, like distance, location, uh, you know, time, or something, uh, and and uh, it will calculate what it thinks the predicted fare will be for your taxi rate uh, fare, and so. That is an example of predicting along a lin- on the linear line what uh, the rates are based on rates that are in proximity to the linear regression line. And so those uh, is from a simplistic standpoint, you can then look at uh, your distribution uh, in terms of what the average is. So you can get an average and then you can get a standard deviation and then you can you can look to see how many occurrences of rates are occurring in that area. So you can get kind of a distribution feel. But uh, as the numbers tend to group closer to the standard deviation uh, and you get more of occurrences in that area, then that should be kind of your zone for uh, upper and lower thresholds for determining price. So that's uh, just kind of one of the things that I've been thinking about 
um, as I've been looking at these two classifiers. Now, the third type of classifier, which I haven't talked about, is called the boost, and it's a gradient uh, uh, boost algorithm, um, and it's working on a derivative of delta x and delta y. And so it's looking at a polynomial equation and uh, it's using numeric methods to converge using the gradient to a local minimum or a global minimum. So if you can find the global minimum, that means that that's probably an optimum solution uh, based on uh, the, the weighting. And then once you have the weightings uh, set, then you can feed uh, that into the into the uh, network and it will make a prediction and it should be very close to an optimum solution based on the weightings. So where this becomes valuable is that the, the boost can feed uh, into uh, other networks um, and so when there's error it, it can uh, learn from the error and so the networks can re reinforce and so the, what I read is that uh, Boost is actually better than deep learning. And uh, I wouldn't ha I'll have to prove that out in my studies uh, to see if that's true. But it's uh, uh, because of the ability for it to uh, correct on error, so, uh, it, it can, new models can be introduced uh, to the network uh, that will help improve the efficiency. And so that's where this idea of boost comes from. And so uh, the more data that you get and more patterns that are discovered, the better the network uh, becomes through these uh, small additions that are boosting your average. So these are, these are three classifiers I think are, that are important to learn um, in machine learning. And uh, they're easy to use in Python uh, basically, Python, you can load up your, your data. Um, then you, what you want to do is uh, score your data, get it into ranks, and uh, that's for numerical ranges, so it's nice, nicely segmented uh, into logical segments. And then think about uh, entropy and ga information gain as you're setting up your feature matrix. Um, and then for data that has like multiple options, you can use dummies. And what dummies does is it uh, creates a uh, identity matrix uh, where you have ones going down the identity matrix, and uh, and it takes all of your features and moves them as columns. So let's say you have um, apples, oranges, and cherries then as an option, it would then have a column for each one of those um, features. And then you concatenate that to your uh, data frame. And so that, that makes it really nice for uh, looking at your prediction when you run uh, your fit. Your fit is gonna then take your training data and uh, your test data and um, um, it will then learn from that to, uh, or excuse me, it'll take your train data and it'll learn from that. And then you will do a predict 
and predict it will take your test data and your test data can be from your train data so there's uh, you know there's a little API that you can use to get a percentage uh, of the data that you'll use for your test and then once you do your predict uh, you're going to use uh, the test data and um, get a prediction and then you'll do a score to evaluate the quality of the accuracy and uh, uh, you can also use uh, the R factor which is very important uh, which is showing you your level of error to determine the quality of your network so information gain equals uh, entropy of the parent minus the weights times the entropy of the children. So uh, if you were to look at the entropy of the parent um, minus the entropy of the children, it would be the prevalence of the feature times log two times um, of uh, the prevalence of that feature plus each one of the children uh, branches and so for example if you had the parent which is all the features um, in the labels which would be let's say for example if you were looking at um, a train and you're predicting whether the vehicle was going to be moving slow or fast um, if on the branch, if the train was steep, maybe you had um, some labels that were concluded that it would be slow, slow, fast. And then um, if it was flat, that you would always be moving fast. So if you looked at the four features on the labels, you'd have SSFF. And uh, on the children node, you'd have SSF on the steep feature and then uh, fast on the flat feature. So then calculating the prevalence, which if you have um, high prevalence, then you're going to have, uh, if you have 100% all, all uh, uh, slow, then it would be uh, zero entropy. Uh, where you have highest maximum entropy is when you have equal features. If uh, you have SS and FF, and your features um, know, then you would have high entropy. So in this case, uh, you would have two-thirds on slow, which is 0.667, and then you would have on the flat, you would have uh, one-third, which is uh, 0.33. So looking at the entropy of the, or one-third on fast, so that would be 0.334. So on that steep um, branch, you would have 0.667 log of 2 of 0.667 plus 0.334 log of 2 of 0.334. And so that gives you an entropy on SSF of 0.9. And then the entropy on fast um, would be 0 0.04. So... Um, when you add those together for the children weights, you have three-fourths times 0.9, which is um, the um, entropy, and uh, one-fourth times zero. So the on 
that branch uh, of steep train, it would be 0.675. And so your information gain then would be 1 minus 0 0.675 or 0.325. And then you just repeat that for other features, like if you were looking at if your train was bumpy or smooth, if they were equal enthropy or features like SF, slow and fast on bumpy, slow and fast for smooth, um, that's going to uh, give you a one or two or 0.5, one out of two for 0.5 for fast, and uh, put that into the logarithm, uh, algorithm base two, and you get one, so your information gain is zero. And the reason why is that you have entropy in your features. And then the last one is um, uh, if you're going to go uh, where you have 100% on the feature branch, which let's say SS and on yes and FF on no, then you will have a information gain of one. So that, again, when you have high prevalence and low entropy, you have a de decisive uh, decision.